Hello and welcome to SlashTube, the mysterious movie pitching podcast with a twist. Each member of today's podcast has been given the same movie or TV title, some time to prepare, and has come to the table to pitch their own unique take on that title. And as always, I'm joined by my SlashTube regulars and co-hosts and family, Dan and Ryan. Hello. Hello. One of them is the dupe. Hello. One of them is the dupe, and after the break, we'll be hearing a special pitch from the dupe. The dupe is the one person at the table who has not been given the title in advance, and then we'll have to improvise their idea at the end of the show following everybody else's. Today's dupe is Dan. How are you feeling about that, by the way, Dan? I mean, we've kind of just legitimized uh, my otherwise... Uh, approach to slash dupe, <laughs> haven't we? And that's not true. Sometimes, and delegitimize the hard work that I put in as as a dupe. You know, <laughs> no, it doesn't delegitimize that at all. I mean, I've got to do the work today. There's someone it? else who can share your sort of pain, Ryan. The hard work you put in. Somebody else can attest to it now, right? Dan knows what it feels like. I know what you. it feels like. You know, when we, I, when I, we I, do I appreciate dupe. it. I'm always impressed with what you do because um, my feeble attempts are never quite quite of that level. That, uh, the it job means that I I can I don't have to ask my little one for hints because otherwise every every pitch that I would give would be yeah would be some kind of Marvel superhero effort. The job of a fluffer is no, no longer needed on set, but thanks for thanks for fluffing me <laughs> up, Dan. Hi, <laughs> uh, Sean. What's the slash you? Ah, well, Taj, it's an honour and a pleasure to have you. Um, you uh, you have been filling up. You've been lighting up our social media. Um, mm-hmm. For anyone that doesn't know, Taj has been giving us ideas for every one of us last year. I think, Taj, is that right? Is, has it been everyone so far? Or have, which ones are, are pending? Have you, have uh, you given us, have you given us a given synopsis you... or, a, or a plot breakdown for every single slash that we've had so far, I think? I'm up to Moore's Law. Okay, just, that's pretty so good. Every, up to Moore's Law every, is pretty I've good. I've done every single one up to Moore's Law. And Moore's Law, I, I've just recognised, is probably the most difficult because you guys did that episode differently. And I realised, well, I might as well continue that and just see what the after effects are. And yeah, because we did an exquisite corpse for that one. Uh, we to dupe the entire episode. Yeah. Mm. Um, but in the end, sort of, as what normally happens is something beautiful comes out of it, something mm. incredible. So yeah, I'm hoping something interesting comes out of. And it's cool that you took that one as well, Taj. The sort of idea of doing something interesting. Yeah, with Moore's it, law. the way it's going to go is probably going to end up with like a dissertation. So. <laughs> well we yeah well we look forward to it definitely and anyone um listening can uh, check out our facebook page predominantly that's that's where you'll find taj's posts uh we'll pop them up on our website when we get the running as well um but yeah so so we're really um it's an honor and a privilege to have you um taj uh so thank, thank you. you for being here um Great to be here. Uh, yeah I, and i'll tell you what a slash tube is of course you know um a slash tube is a film in the very early stages of post-production it's usually a rough or unfinished version and it functions as the building blocks of what a film can become so that is the minimum of what we offer here at slash tube is the foundations <laughs> you know like when you go through a country that's gone through some kind of economic collapse and they've just like they're all the infrastructure at the ground level has been built and then everybody's abandoned them there's just like these half-built hotels that's that's the minimum that we're going to offer i think um, Ryan, you 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 do know the title today. We I do know I won't the title. Reveal it yes. Right now, how do you feel? How confident are you? Good. I I'm doing something that I'm doing a slash dupe first, and that's all I'll say. Ooh. Okay. I'm always worried when you say stuff like that. <laughs> always, uh, without fail. Uh, so I'm Sean, your peerless moderator. At the end of the episode, I should be selecting a winning idea to go through to the next heat. And what happens with that winning idea? Well, I will tell you 
at the halfway point of today's episode. So, if everybody's ready, I will reveal the title for today's Slash Dupe. It is 30 Mics. 30 Mics. And Taj, there's an interesting, before we select who goes first, it's sort of because, uh, you know, we wanted to sort of respect how much effort and time and work and creativity you've given back to Slash Dupe. I actually gave you a selection of titles, which we've never done before. I gave you a selection of titles to pick from. Without sort of going into your pitch specifically, what? why did you pick 30 mics out of out of the, out of the rest of them? Um, I guess because, firstly, it was the one I couldn't think of anything immediately. <laughs> uh, it was the one you couldn't think of anything immediately, did you say? Yeah. That's really interesting. Okay. Mm. Um, you like a challenge I, then? Yeah. And uh, when I... Looked at the other titles they gave me. I said, oh, I can see that, I can see that, I can see that, I can see that, I can do this. But then I thought, hang on, I've already done that kind of, I've done too much of this, I've done too much of that. I want to try something which I haven't really done, so might as well do it through with giving myself the hardest title. So my friends yeah, sure. And so that's what I did. Oh, I respect that. Uh, yeah, I like that. That's sort of, I do feel a kinship with that. Like as a writer, that's sort of, Sometimes I like the challenge. If someone says, oh, that can't be done, when you think, well, it's sort of our job at the base level. The writers are there on the ground floor. They're the ones who, who have the first hurdle to climb. The first challenge is, can I write this? Can I make it good? Can I put mm. something that maybe grasp something that's almost there, but no one else can see it yet? That's the sort of, I think that's the job of a writer anyway. Um, so with that in mind, who's who's out of the two of you, Ryan and Taj, who's going to go first? Who, who are we, who's feeling confident about sure. the idea? I'll, I'll let Ryan go first because he says he's going to do it first, slash do first. Yes, okay. okay. <laughs> All right, okay. Yeah, that's I'm fine strong, with that. yeah. All right, Ryan, your, um, your slash dupe for 30 mics. Thanks, Sean. Okay, so yeah, slash dupe first, something that's never been pitched before. Right, we've had films, we've had Netflix series, we've had Netflix films. And a couple of those ideas permeated through the original ideas that I was going to think about. As per usual, I came up with a couple ideas. One was a kind of like trashy war film about moving a prisoner 30 mics, even though they use clicks, but you know, they can sort of something like that. Another another idea I had was a film about a guy who clones himself 30 times named Mike and you know, there's there's 30 versions of mics. And I was like, nah. I was like, I want to do something different. Um, You're not allowed to I'm give alternative doing... ideas, by the way. You're not the dupe. Yeah, All right? You're, yeah, yeah, that's not how it works. <laughs> you know what? It's just, You're overstepping listen, your boundaries you a little bit, man. Well, you can't... <laughs> listen, you can take what if one of these ideas the is and you've just sort of gone, oh, I was going to do this idea, but now it's shit. You can take and the like, boy out of dupe, but well, you can't take the dupe out of the boy, you know? Can, can what yeah, he's yeah. doing is making it harder for me, is what he's doing there. On, Can I just it. say one thing with terms sure. to um, the military thing that Sean, uh, Ryan just mentioned? Um, mm-hmm. They do use the term mics, um, mm-hmm. either mic mic or mics. Mic mic is the millimeter of the gun they're using, and mics oh, is okay. actually a, a minute. So if someone says thirty mics out, they're thirty minutes out, something like that. So, which is actually so, the reason why I selected the title. So I've heard I heard thirty mics on something I was watching, and I thought that's a great slash dupe title. So I, someone can go military with it if they want. There's nothing wrong with going for the well, obvious because well, we enjoy that. I'm glad you said that. So my slash dupe original, we have never ever had. I bet it's not that original. What is a tattoo? A, a reality TV show. 
I'm willing to bet we listen. I'm willing to bet we have. I don't know if right. Dan can. Like I'm talking like I'm a serialized, a serial, not not like right. on Netflix or as a film. This is like a TV. And I will a, a little a little slash dupe quiz. I will read mm-hmm. you uh, the judges that are on this reality show. Okay. It is James Blunt, mm-hmm. Shaggy, okay. Maynard James Keenan, and Gal Gadot mm-hmm. with host. Adam Driver. Can you tell me what links all those people? Um, Adam Driver. Gal yeah, Gadot. give it to. Yeah, go on. Give it. To, give it. To, Adam give Driver to us again. Adam Driver. Adam, Gal Gadot. Maynard James Keenan. Uh-huh. Shaggy. Yeah. And James Blunt. They're all in military action. They were all. Were they in the military? Were they all military? Yeah. They were all okay, been in the military good. in some way, shape, or form. This TV show. Mm-hmm. Is changes plays with the title. It's a reality TV show where thirty mics changes changes the mic to MIC. It is a singing competition, reality TV show singing competition. <laughs> that is literally the first thing that came into my head Great. when I heard the um, title. Yeah, <laughs> genuinely. So that's genuinely another one. Another one you got to rethink or something. <laughs> um, so the idea is it is thirty people will go against each other. And it, it has to be American-based, and I'll tell you this why. It will focus predominantly, the people that they get to select are current military personnel, veterans, family of um, like military families. Those people will enter a competition, a singing competition, and the winner will get to sing the national anthem at the White House to commemorate the Fallen on Memorial Day. And you know what day that falls on this year? The May 30th. the 30th. Okay. Right, no. bang. So <laughs> that's that's it. Um, and it's amazing because so it's basically get... the voice. Yeah, but I think the thing is they need Spectre. a new one, right? They've got America's Got Talent, The Voice. Recently, America they had the loves, loves the military, don't they? Do, and they love the military. Need another one. Yeah, well, the they, they they love do. the military, don't they? They lo- they love all the you know. Thank you for your service. Um, yeah. If you cross, if you you know stop across the street from someone, thank them for their service or whatever. Hold mm-hmm. a door open for them. Thank you for your service. All that sort of stuff. They say it all the time. Um, so how does so the reality not, TV aspect work? So that so they come on to sing. So th- so they have to. They, you have all the yeah. the painful auditions. Like my least mm-hmm. favorite part about the about all these shows is the auditions, and I know some people really love them because they get real oh. tried and freud from watching people go there, yeah, think they're the best thing in the world, and yeah, yeah. completely embarrass themselves. Um, but I feel so really you, sorry for them. <laughs> to be honest, so do I, 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 I can't watch find that. It funny. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, that's what I mean. That's the that's the Schroeder Freud, isn't it? I can't I can't do it. Um, I, I'll watch it once they've selected the twelve or whatever, and they're and they're and they're good. Um, but that's that's what I I think. So they'll, they'll get you know go around America. They'll get thirty people in the pool of people, the thirty mics, um, and then they'll slowly whittle them down through challenges and songs and sing competitions. Uh, and that's how that aspect is. Probably the different judges. Um, I had to throw Gal Gadot in there because even though she did that amazing rendition of Imagine, you know, that we all <laughs> know was so beautiful, but I couldn't find another female. She literally female. apologized to, for and that the did, other day. Didn't she? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, I couldn't find another female military person uh, that's that, like a singer, for example, because you know, James Keenan's from Tool. Shaggy, mm. as we know, it, um, wasn't him. And uh, by the way, if you if you're not following James Blunt on Twitter, he is hilarious. Uh, I highly recommend that he gets a free plug in that for Twitter. And I think Adam Driver would be a good host. You know, he'd be uh, 
sexy oh, he's shirtless. The Shirtless. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know Shaggy was in the military, though. Yeah, he was a Marine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and also, what's quite cool is you can you, when they when they whittle it down to like a smaller group, you can have you can have specific days f- of songs of people that were in the military. You can have an Elvis day, right? Where they've all got to do an Elvis song, uh, a Jimi Hendrix song, a Willie Nelson song, these kind of things, like because they were all served. And then also mm-hmm. you can have those those reunion stories. You know, you always see like you know, mother comes home from thingy and like surprises them on the football field or whatever. And everyone loves those videos. So they get an opportunity to actually do those where they're like sing on stage, finish their song. And then behind them, they're like, brother will walk out or sister will walk out. And, you know, they get that like military reunion. And that's, that's the marketing tool for the, for the, um, for the studio as well. They get to put those videos and they always get thousands of views and and all those sort of stuff. And then also just telling stories, you know, if, if unfortunately someone has lost has lost a, a family member or a friend or or someone um, in the army, they get to tell the story about theirs. And then that also becomes part of the production as well. And, you know, they'll filter it down to the final lot and then they'll get to, you know, sing the sing the national anthem, uh, you know, in, in front of the commander in chief as well, in front of they've got <laughs> yeah, they've got course. the president on board you know, for this, they've got, they've got them on board. They'll at um, least have like the, like certain, like, cur- like, you know, full colonels and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, they'll have, one, well, you know, major yes. generals. Well, or to be fair, the, I think the president normally does do something for Memorial Day. So it's, it's the person sort of being able to sing. Oh, I thought when them. you were talking about coming to like the finals or the semifinals, you'd have to no, have no, like their ranking that's what they military they, officers They there. win to be able, they win. Sure. Um, the ability to sing the national anthem. Provide in front free of entertainment. President. On uh, <laughs> on Memorial Day, yes, yeah. basically, yeah, <laughs> for exposure. But they'll get exposure. a lucrative for uh, recording contract after. The well, they they may. I mean, like you know, exposure. you think about old, um, you know, sea shanty guy. You know, he got like loads of stuff after that. He got a record deal off the back of that. You, Alex, you do realize that's one in ten million? Yeah, yeah, hundred million that's, but, people. <laughs> that but that's but that's what this that's what people believe when they go on these that's TV shows, the don't nonsense they? That they the believe show that will like inspire, I will get the record yeah. deal out the back of it. You Look, know, you're listening. You're, you're talking to someone who is vaguely related to Honey G. Exactly. So, right? I know how these things work. And well, then there's I, at, like, <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Okay. Who, by the way, is currently on Celebrity Coach Trip? Yeah, I saw yeah. that. Um, so Brilliant. had to had to watch that the other day. How how was it? Should, <clears> are we reviewing? Really have we stooped low enough to review? Um, no. Well, Coach what Trip? was very impressive was that I I was definitely Twitter watching mm-hmm. uh, that that particular team. I, I I was encouraged to watch it as you know part mm-hmm. of the family. Sure. But more importantly, my wife and mother in law were discussing Celebrity Coach Trip on the phone the other day. Like it was a serious piece of art, <laughs> and um, and I've never known. Cause my wife and my mother-in-law are extraordinarily intelligent women. Uh-huh. Really, like that's not their usual. Yes. Their usual conversation isn't gossip TV, but it was uh, it was extraordinarily amusing and lovely to uh, to hear it happening. <laughs> so yes, I, I hear you, Ryan. It is very much. I mean, they have been for years, haven't they? X Factor. It's more about yeah. The story of the person, mm. yeah, than it is, and you you have that military uh, thing, and then also I think there's a lot of times where you can you, they will use it to raise awareness for for veterans, for military charities, um, sure. you know, for sort of help the heroes um, equivalent in America. Yeah, sure. Taj, you're going to say, yeah. Well, 
my question I, I mean I get why people watch it because America are you know love the military and all that and everything mm-hmm. but it has to be is it going to be that same kind of format like X Factor um, America a new format yeah, that is the I thing. I, that's the thing I kind of don't know. That's the thing I wanted to bring to the bring to the table here, right? Um, I don't know whether they, because it, it it would be interesting if they did some kind of like off camera um, challenges to like gain some kind of immunity. But then obviously you would get different. It's not just like it's not only mi- serving military personnel that are doing it. You know. It, oh, it, see, I think it should be. That's the draw. Is that I all it's these thirty it's, people I think are it's, taken? It's military, from all but it's the but armed then forces, it's, the RAF, and the, you know whatever it's, it's called in America. But it's, it's every, Air so Force it's, and so that is the option. It's active military personnel. It's veterans who have left um, because they yeah. may have caught an injury um, in the line of duty. It's family. It's military families who may have lost somebody. Um, yeah, out it should there definitely be or, a mixture of those. So, yeah, so like sure. that's that's. It's not just the general public come and sing. It is specifically people in in the armed forces shouldn't it be a mixture of ultimate beastmaster <laughs> so but the thing is have to, what, but what happens yes, if you've got someone in a wheelchair physically challenges as well. an assault course and then sing but what happens if you've got someone in a wheelchair dan that's the thing if they've, they, if they've well, come they have to make service, challenges you know? that are accessible for accessible I, for it doesn't yeah. have to be like jumping that's so and, that, and that's ones, the kind so. of thing i think that would be an interesting thing to sort of have uh some kind of challenge in between um, in between episodes or in between the singing um, maybe the group maybe if like a group succeeds like shaggy's group wins that challenge then none of them the can Marines. be voted out yeah i got a bit of an idea uh-huh. i mean i don't think it can last throughout the entire form probably towards the latter part of the formats where you know how um like whenever a marine graduates to become a proper marine or what happened mm-hmm. uh they do these parades don't they and they do these marching bands and they go and do all kinds of things like that. So what if they have to do that? Like, you know, how they have to do those gun drills. What if they do the gun drills while singing? Doing all that while singing. <laughs> that's, so. that's quite cool. Or something... I, I think there should be something where you, like, nominate. So let's say there's 10 people or maybe there's five people per judge, right, or something. Yeah. Then one of them has to do the assault course. One of them has to do the song in front of, like, like a USO type show. One of them has yeah. to do something else. So, like, they divide it up between them, and then I realize you know, mathematically it doesn't work, right? There's four judges and thirty people. That means you'd have seven and a half people per <laughs> per judge. Maybe some people have eight, some people have well, seven. Well, well, just add also, a judge. There's, there's something else you've got to take in the back there: Army, Navy, Air Force. Mm. There is a very mm. big rivalry between. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and but well, then I think you know you have each one. Might... Rep- so each judge represent a different wing of the armed forces, right? Well, and you've got, I have it's... the Coast Guard in there as well, by the way. Well, they're it's, the underdogs. It's, it's any, but it's anyone. No, I think it's more interesting if they have to work together. If they get paired under Maynard well, James be like Keenan, what you do in right? like the second or third part of the series, like the, the heats or the semi-finals or something, or where they have to work together. That's when you throw them in with each other, and that's when the rivalry occurs. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like initially, they're siloed. Army, uh, Navy, Air Force, whatever they are, right? And then then you make them work together once you know their personalities a bit. That's where the drama comes from. Maybe halfway through, you start Well, you'd have, like, if you used, from The Voice, one of the things I like is they do the sing-off thing. Um, like, the judges all over-allocate themselves, basically. Mm-hmm. And then they'll narrow their pull down through sing-offs. Um, 
And that would be interesting, wouldn't it? So you'd have that rivalry, not only as singers, but then also in whichever uh, armed forces group you support. And then, you know, that also will drive, imagine all the hashtags, like team, you know, team whatever, team shaggy marines or whatever, you know? Well, also, and that's like, something different, well, by the way. But yeah. Also, because Adam Driver is a marine, shaggy says a marine. But yeah. then you've got someone like James Blunt, who is a, like a tank battalion driver or something i think he was yeah he was um cavaliers i think yeah yeah. but and the the only reason yeah i think james James blunt was the first one that came to obviously being a singer um but yeah and and obviously he's british you know that's the other thing but you bring that element in you know however yeah he the stiff upper lip this is how the brits do it when i was i was working with the army so sensitive as well you know it's fascinating how (laughs) they see the americans the americans are all hurrah and yes sir yes sir yes sir and the british soldiers are very relaxed and a bit more sort of chummy because they're all sort of slumming it on the same Mm. sort of band unless you're a major or a major general right there's an actual story about james about how he defied a american general's order to fire upon which you happen to be Russians and therefore avoiding the Third World War. <laughs> like so. <laughs> Did he sing a song about it though? That's the thing. Did he sing yeah. a song about it? That's what I want to know. I have no idea. But he, he uh, you know, I think he'd be good as well. And they, they sort of would have that, well, you know, the, the British way of doing it or whatever. Yeah, and then sure. Gal Gadot was Israeli defence force, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. So, you know, how would she, how would they act with her part, and everything part, like that? Part of what they should do in the final act, because it's about unity eventually, because that's, you know, and all the bleeding hearts and everyone will feel really like, oh my yeah. God, you know, everything's oh, amazing. I... So in the end, you get them to actually go and train. So you get like an army man to go and train with the Marines or you get the RAF to go and train with the Navy. And then they go, oh my God, I'd never realized how hard they worked over there, you know, and like, do you know what I mean? All that saccharine bullshit nonsense yeah. that they that people love when they watch Absolutely. these shows. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, so, you know, that, I think that's, that, that basically sort of sums it up. I think that that's pretty good. I think they have all, it will all be a bit, you know, as you said, it is a bit, right, is a bit, um, what was the theme song? Saccharine. Just before you finish us off with telling us how the theme song would be, unless, unless anyone's got any other questions, I think well, you need to tell us what the theme song is. I have one other question. How do you think it'll be received around the world? Because well, in America, they'll love it. Britain, I think it will. Maybe. I question. think it will start. I think it will start in the US, definitely. So, coming back to what I mentioned about the mask singer, that's actually a. I want to say it's a, either a, an Indonesian or a Philippine Filipino TV show that right. started that, and then America was like, "Damn, this is great. Let's bring it over." Um, same yeah. thing. I, I it could have been the Voice or something like that. So it's a, it's a game show that started in another country. I think because of the military prowess like we have in in this country in the UK, but then also in many other countries around the world, um, I think it is it's the kind of show that will spring up uh, around the world in different in different. You syndicate um, it immediately countries. so people can't be yeah. sick of it. Like they can't go, oh, that's so American. You just have yeah. it in like six yeah, countries to, to start I, with. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not afraid yeah. to say I watch a lot of the voice clips on mm-hmm. YouTube compilation clips of the voice in the Netherlands and in um, in Israel and in the UK and um, all the different countries, right? And, you know, I'll sit there and I'll cry sometimes watching a couple of those videos because they're so powerful. But they, a lot of those compilation clips are just from all the places around the world that do yeah. it. Um, so I, I respect I your emotional intelligence and your ability to be open, but I hate those shows. And so you're definitely <laughs> not winning. All right, I'm just going to let you know right now. 
You're not going forward. Just put it up front. You just set it up front. I hate the voice and all that shit. Reality TV, it's awful. Sean, give it a chance. You never know. (laughs) No, no, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Give you a chance to fuck up. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm only joking, Ryan. uh, Obviously, I'm only joking. Give us the, give us the, um, give us the the theme song. It's got to be perfect, doesn't it? It feels, it's, it feels like it has to be with the marching band. It's got to start with, yeah, it's got to start with the snare. I was thinking that. It's got to start with the sort of military snare. Um, Yeah, got to. What's what's? I don't know if there's a universal. You take bits of the national anthem, but not the whole thing. Yeah, just it's tease got a riff. It. It's got a riff. Oh, say, and then it goes off, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it goes yeah. Off something else. Yeah. Is there like yeah, a yeah, bit of bugle in there as well? I think it will. Yeah, it will it's probably got a bit of bugle, it, isn't there? It will yeah. probably end. Maybe, maybe it leads its way. It does the opposite. It leads its way into the home of the brave bit, because that's the bit that everyone loves from the national anthem, yeah. don't they? Um, yeah, and they call the studio that they're in the, the like the home of the Red brave, Rocket, the brave, the home of the brave, the home of the brave. Yeah, I love it. yeah. <laughs> and boot camp has a whole new meaning. Yeah, has a like, whole different <laughs> meaning to it. Oh, I can't believe I'm back in boot camp, and it's like yeah, all that shit. There you go. Perfect. So you know, a, a slash tube first, a reality TV show. Thirty mics becomes thirty singing mics, and the last person gets to belt the national anthem in front of. The Commander-in-Chief. So that was a slash dupe first, allegedly, although I would like to, him to be maybe proved wrong if someone can go back to the previous episodes and see if we've had a reality TV show idea. But uh, uh, an excellent, unique idea anyway. Um, and now it's time to hear Taj's uh, slash dupe for 30 mics. Um, uh, thanks for that, Sean. Um, yep, all right. I, like, um, I basically came with five ideas for this title. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the one that I like the most, and then I'll give a brief description of the other ideas I had. But anyway, let's start. Um, 30 Mics. Um, this is a psychological thriller, horror film. It's about a writer, and it's a writer who's in the middle of writing a book, but has huge writing block. Uh, so he decides as a way of removing this book, he knows that in the past, he, if he saw great views of something amazing, it relaxes him and distorts his imagination to create Okay. Story ideas come along and so on. So he decides to move from his second floor rented flat to another which is high up and has great views of the city far and wide. And as he looks, he is extremely lucky to come across a top floor flat of a luxurious 15 story apartment block where the rent has been lowered by a lot and he has fantastic views of the city. Um, another way to cr- get his creative juices flowing is writing short stories from an online magazine. He gets paid per story. He also has a job as a rock climbing boulder instructor, which he teaches at the local health fitness center. Okay. Okay. On the day of, on the day of moving in, he's really excited and as he meets the apartment block manager who lets him in. He says he can't believe his luck and asks why the rent is so cheap. The apartment block manager says that over a year ago, the tenant then decided to up and leave with a notice, with no notice, and he just left the note that he's no longer paying the high rent and he stopped with his direct debit, etc., etc. Since then, there have been two other tenants who have come and left, with both leaving without a moment's notice. One tenant emailed saying that he actually didn't like being so hard, which the manager found very comical. The other emailed saying that she can't stand her neighbours, it's not worth the rent, and left. The funny thing is, is that the neighbours are quite a lot. The landlord couldn't believe his rotten luck and so decided to quickly get someone in and to have them put up with whatever unwanted problem they have, might have, he would reduce the rent. So that's why okay. The apartment block was so available at cheap price. Okay. The apartment block has sixteen apartments, sixty apartments, most of which are ter- terraced. Thirty on one side of the building, thirty on the other, which 
separated so one side cannot access the other side and vice versa. There are four apartments per floor. Each side has their own elevators and four sets of stairs, where there is two on one side and two on the other. So there you go. The writer moves in and settles down in apartment 30. He explores the place a little where he goes to the roof to see what is up there and decides where all he finds is a locked shed. He bumps into his neighbours in the hallway of his floor where a couple seem to be very, very dull, where he could kind of see why someone could not stand them. They found them right. He expects very soon to be inspired and start writing, but he doesn't. The writer block still remains, and what's worse is that the online magazine are asking for his first short story, and he's got nothing. His writer's block has got worse. One evening, he's sitting on the floor by the open patio door to the terrace where he's drinking whiskey. All of a sudden, he hears an orgasmic scream. He looks across <laughs> to his neighbor's terrace and sees the couple come outside wearing dominatrix gear, where the woman is taking a horse's bit out of her mouth and some reins off her, and the man is holding a horse with what looks like a horse's tail butt plug of glass. I'm in. Okay. <laughs> Sold. I'm in. I'm in. The, the uh, rut, this the is. Rut. Hang on. Hang on. Before you go on, Taz. Yeah. This is taking a turn. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, there was it, lots was of detail on, about the setup of the apartment yeah. block, and then suddenly there's a butt plug involved. And it's just, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. I just, I just got to re- reassess, and I'm back. Yeah. yeah good. Okay. Good. Carry on. The writer hides himself away from view as he spies them. However, he can't hear what they're saying, so he retreats back and slowly and quietly closes the patio. He's shocked, and he can't believe that this is the very same boring, dull couple he met the other day. He wonders what else do they get up to, and all of a sudden, he comes up with an idea. It's not a nice idea, but he's desperate. The next day, he goes to the store and buys a mini Wi-Fi microphone and speaker. He waits for the opportune moment when it's dark, and the couple have their patio door open. (laughs) He goes to the roof (laughs) of the block, using his Wi-Fi skills and gear. Slowly goes down, sees the couple watching TV with their backs to him, and sneakily finds a secure hidden spot to put the mic. He quickly climbs back up, back into the front, and waits and listens. Soon he hears them going at it like animals, and he discovers how kinky, experimental, and adventurous they are, and how they talk about what they want to try next, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. He wonders how no one has noticed them before, as they are so loud, but that is answered when he finds out they soundproofed their apartment. The writer now has plenty of material to make up a story for his job and also maybe his book. After a couple of weeks or so of writing these short stories, he realizes that he has a problem. The problem is that there is only so much he can write about an overly sexed couple. He ups he outside on his terrace trying to think of a solution to this. He's up sorry, he's outside on his terrace trying to think of a solution to this. His mm. eyes fall on all the other terraces below and then thinks, I wonder what they're all hiding and he has a light bulb moment. He's going to do the same to them like he did to his neighbours. He now buys twenty eight mini wife from Wi-Fi microphones and speakers and slowly and steadily place them discreetly in each apartment. On the wall in front of his writing desk are mounted small 29 compartments which a speaker is numbered and placed. Each evening he will select one at random, switch the speaker on and listen on what's going on. Sometimes he switches more than one. He finds out that the man in apartment 18 is a secret crossdresser. The couple in apartment 23 steals two pages from the man in apartment 24 without him knowing every time he gets the liver of his favorite pastries. In apartment 15, the wife slaps her husband hard in the face a few times wings to suck himself up to go and seize the day. Each apartment has their quirk, their secret, their story, and it's all at the writer's fingertips. The story starts to flow for him and they become hugely popular and he starts to get a huge following. There have been a few instances where he would bump into some of his neighbours where some would praise him as they think the stories are great because the secret can relate to them while others avoid him as it's like he's right there in his apartment, writes everything he observes, but that's impossible. 
<laughs> the writer is enjoying his success until one day he wakes up in the morning, goes to the kitchen for breakfast, when he notices a speaker on the kitchen desktop. There's a speaker he hasn't seen before, it's not one of his one of his. He goes to his writing desk to check on his speaker when he notices that all 29 speakers have been changed to other speakers like the one in his hand. Also, they are not labeled with the apartment number labels, so he doesn't know which speaker belongs to which apartment. He can remember and recognize who's speaking for his speaker, but he doesn't remember what apartment they're in, hence the labels. An eerie, creepy voice speaks through the speaker, in his hands greeting him and calling him number 30. This voice knows everything he has been doing and has been watching ever since he moved in. He was the tenant that used to live in apartment 30 over a year ago until he decided to up and leave. In actual fact, he didn't leave. He's been there all this time, watching whoever's been living in number 30, assessing whether they deserve to be there, whether they're making the most of their lives. The other two didn't pass his test, and so he killed them. But this time, he has come across someone who has made the most of what he's got, but he has done so by a disparate means. And so he has to prove himself. The creepy guy is going to kill this, his neighbours, and the writer has to save him. But there are rules and conditions. 1. He can save a neighbour he can save a neighbor of one apartment. He can figure out which of the other apartment he has to get to, get to to get that person out. If he does this by telling them the truth, he must ensure that they don't tell the truth to anyone else or the targeted tenant dies. Two, he cannot tell that person who he has told the truth why they must not tell anyone else. If they are told why, why then the targeted tenant dies. Three, if he decides not to tell the truth, then he must give a different reason for each person in order to get them out. If not, the target tenant dies. So he can't give the same reason to another person who's really trying to get out. Mm-hmm. Four, he has 30 minutes to figure out which problem he is going to get the tenant out and then get back to his apartment to figure out who's next. Five, the time reduces by one minute every time someone is saved or dies. Six, he can only save the targeted tenant by getting a tenant out of the building, but he cannot use the elevator, so the stairs are his only option. Seven, he cannot ask any other tenants or anyone, he cannot, sorry, he cannot ask any of the tenants or anyone for help. Eight, he cannot use his mobile phone. Um, basically, um, that's as far as I got to buy, I got a little bit more, and where it mm-hmm. says basically he's trying to figure out how is the, how is the creepy guy able to watch him and get around, etc., etc. Basically, he's like a human spider, proportionist, where he moves around the building through the cavities of the walls and ventilation system. He resides in the locked shelf shed on the roof and through the building he also creates compartments, peepholes, and entries and exits to each apartment. That's it. That's all I could come up with. <laughs> Christ. <clears throat> There's was... a lot going on there. There's a that's a lot of things. <clears throat> so... so... <laughs> we will get to well let's give this idea room to breathe and then but I definitely want to hear the other ones. Um my question is, I suppose my first question is, where, do these, where does the inspiration come from? Because I was getting, especially like towards the end, like real X-Files vibes. Like where does, where did the inspiration for this come from? Well, like Dan mentioned earlier, when he heard, first read 30 mics, he thought, you know, microphones and stuff like that. And I said, no, mm-hmm. that's too obvious. I don't want to do that. So I kept mm-hmm. on leaving it and going round and round and round. And I, as I said, I, there's another one I did, I wrote a lot on and I thought, okay but still not feeling it and the other three ideas okay not really feeling that then i came back to okay let's actually take microphone what can you do with a microphone the first thing i came up was a radio show mm-hmm. um and then i said no nah, i can't really tie into mics with that or anything like that and then i thought i can't think of anything and then I thought, hang on 
what haven't I really wrote about before? You know, I've done some action, I've done some, you know, a story about anime, done some this and other times. Well, actually, I haven't really done a psychological thriller and horror. Mm-hmm. And it's a case, and I'll be honest, I don't know where it came from. I just, when I try to think of something, I pace up and down a lot. Uh, you can see actually grooves in the carpet of me pacing up and down. Like this. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, and yeah, and then I thought, well, hang on, I'm writing this. Why not make it about a writer? I can't mm-hmm. think of anything, so let's make it about right. But that's how Stephen King does it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so it's fine. So yeah, also like it's a really colourful, like it's a really colourful, really fleshed out the characters and their little idiosyncrasies and stuff in all the mm. in some of the adjoining apartments. That's really good. That's the sort of detail that we don't often see. Some some of the people, some people on the podcast, probably normally I'm talking about ourselves as the host, but we paint with broad, broad strokes. But you've got lovely, loads of lovely little details in there. Like how did you sort of figure that out? Um, I think, well, again, I think it's basically for myself. Sometimes when I need to think of ideas, I have something just pop into my head. I need something to look at, which is, you know, very nice to look at. Um, I'll give an example. Uh, when I used to do some writing back in my uni days, and Dan will probably remember this, but there was this like this, like, do you remember the Titanic, Dan? The, I do, yeah. Uh, yeah and I in do. front of that building, there was like this nice little garden area and little big pond area. Those nice mm. benches, I and mean, if you sat on the bench there, you kind of could block out everything. And mm-hmm. I would sometimes sit there and just look at the view, and I think, would relax, and then slowly but surely, ideas and thoughts just run freely and flow through my head. So I thought, okay, as a premise, um, let's uh, take him somewhere where he gets that. And it just is one of those things. I, how I thought about this, I thought this guy's going to think about the same thing, and then just. Things clicking. So basically, thinking of horror, think of psychology, think of microphones, um, think about a writer, to a writer's block, and then just slowly, bit by bit, um, just came through. And then I think about what is the... Because usually when you see a horror, I mean, especially if you look at the some of the more mo- modern horrors, like Scream and all that, it's usually something about, or how I did, well, I know what you did last night. So it's something that someone did bad, and someone's they punished them for it, and that's where the horror comes from. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, let's take it down that route. I, I will. It is, it's just a simple case of taking a little bit of my own of my own writing process, mm-hmm. and then just random things are popping into my so, head. So, just to clarify, your writing process doesn't involve bugging. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Okay, <laughs> yeah, just to just clarify. Fine. Um, so I've got a bit. I've got a burning question. Who is the lead character played by? Uh huh. Good question. That's my. That's my question. Great it's question. funny that, um, uh, yeah, saying that, um, me and Sean had a conversation the other day on text about actors and we were talking about Leo DiCaprio and all that mm-hmm. lot. And we, how we determine how, even though Leo was a really good actor, he mm. never has been pushed or, you know, never pushed beyond his range. Mm-hmm. And um, mm. basically, I would like an actor that can really invite himself to be challenged. So, someone probably like Timothy Chalamet. I think he's really good actor and he's got mm-hmm. so much potential because I've seen him in so many different ranges and mm-hmm. where he's played a king, he's played, um, you know, savior in June, uh, where he's, uh, he's in a Wes Anderson film where he's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, completely quirky and everything in that. And then he's also in that latest film with Leo as well, John Look Up, but he's different there. So mm-hmm. someone who's willing to definitely challenge themselves will accept the challenge or push themselves into the uncomfortable all the time so definitely someone like Shamley would be good I think be a good 
lead for that. I think he can play that. Do you know, it's kind so of interesting. That. When you said that, when you said Leo DiCaprio, the conversation we had the other day was like ostensibly about the difference between actors and stars and like, mm. you know, uh, and how that works and, and what mm. stars, you know, are like character actors or, or some of them like what, what they're sort of thrust into stardom, but they actually are really high quality actors. Mm. I, but something about Leo feels right for this part. I don't know. Cause it's, cause it gives me like proper uh, rear window vibes, of course. Cause that's, that's one of the yeah. inspirations I think of. Mm-hmm. And that was um, a much uh, older Jimmy Stewart at the time. Not, not really mm. old, but like, you know, he's quite a sort of seasoned actor at that point. And it was towards the end of his career um, or, or, you know, the end or half of his career. And that sort of movie felt right with a, a much older man, at, you know, behind the For the me, I think I would accept Leo if he's willing to push himself, if he's willing to like, all right, don't do that. You do that in all the other films. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, then, well, then here's, the, here's the a question. Time, that, oh, go on. At, go same, on. at the same time, I think Leo's a bit too old. This is a guy who's obviously very fit. He's a rock-climbing uh, instructor who's obviously, if he is at that age, he would probably be, and if he's a writer, he probably would have been established by now, but he's not. He's on the way of trying to become established. I see. You know what I mean? So, I'll, you know, someone who's probably in his, I don't know. I mean, late, people late, don't late, die after after 40, you know. No, I know that. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Some people, some I, people I just, start just, their careers just, after 40. True, true. But I, I'm just following this. I mean, if you look at Leo now, he doesn't look like, and he has to go through, let's say, a very major training with him to get that into a ship. <laughs> if you know what I mean, so... But no, you're right, Dan. You're right about that. But I'm just thinking, well, you know. If if we're talking about pushing an actor outside their comfort zone for this type of film, do you have a director in mind? Is it one of these things where a lot sometimes the guests come along and they they haven't really thought they sort of thought, well, it's sort of my creation. I I don't understand the idea of a director taking it on board. But do you see a director's uh, style I, in this film I, I, already? Or I haven't I haven't got a director in mind, but definitely a director who's used to working in in like intense environments, you know that really close up and things like that i mean you could like i know one of your favorite is like the builder you know i don't see him doing mm-hmm. this because he's more of someone that likes you know really expanded um, um scenarios well, you like say that. that but he started on a lot of small films uh in france uh, polytechnic and um things like enemy with jake gyllenhaal is, is, is actually mm. a really interesting tone example of what you're talking about so mm. so maybe the director but definitely, you're right. Definitely a director that plays within a, a sort of strange space, right? Mm. Like someone, someone who who's not sort of so big and bombastic and broad. I mean, we're not yeah. talking about like, you know, Sean Levy or anything like that, or you know, like we're not talking about like a blockbuster guy. You're talking about someone who can deliver something odd. I mean, I'd even say like Finch is a big director, obviously, but he hasn't done anything mm. in a while. And to go back to sort of like a well, he's got experience in doing that, so I yeah, doing yeah. That going back to his panic room roots, you know, and like sort of, and, and he also, he loves to shoot things. I, I remember him saying once he wanted to film as if there was no camera operator at all, you know, as if there was no human directing the camera. It, it, that's a really interesting approach to filmmaking. It's usually the opposite. You know, a filmmaker wants it to feel organic, like a, like a person has made it. So you can see that with Girl Dragon Tattoo and, and um, uh, Gone Girl. And so that mm-hmm. style might fit fit what we're seeing a sort of apartment blocks and yeah, and yeah, basically someone someone that will just capture the essence of the intensity of the human mm. interaction of the every human expression and emotion that they're going through. At the time. So, mm. Do you have someone for the the guy who lives in the shed in the roof? Um, 
I must admit, I didn't give much think about it. I was so engrossed in getting the story out. I've got, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I've got, well, I've got, right, a, comes I've got a suggestion. Well, I've got a suggestion. What about Doug Jones? He's the guy that does a lot of the stuff for, um, he does a lot yeah, of monster makeup, doesn't he? So he oh, was like the, the pale um, the guy. guy. In Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. Most recently, he was in Star Trek Discovery. Hellboy. Hellboy. In Hellboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I can't remember in Pan's Labyrinth. Was he playing a bad character in Ben's Labyrinth? Well, he plays plays the the fawn in Pan's Labyrinth, and he plays the the thing with the hands, the eyes in his hands. Also, like, he's in Star Trek Discovery, and I think, arguably, anyone that's seen Discovery up to this point, he's got the best, he's the best actor in it, and and he's under all that makeup, and he has the best character arc Mm. of the entire show so far. Um, so he's a really I mean, he's got underrated. Over actor. 170 credits to his name on yeah, IMDb. Yeah. He's been... He'd be good as well because he's menacing in a sort of like a really a thin man way. kind of way. Yeah, yeah, it's the thin think, man that you want. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. If he's like a human body, proportionate yeah. kind of body, you definitely want him. And I must admit, I think he's someone because we've seen a lot of uh, doing all these characters. He's also always under that makeup, so we don't hardly hmm. see him with him. Human flesh would be nice to see him like that. Also, nice to be more evil than he has been. He has been. Mm-hmm. Evil, you know I mean, I'm well and surprised then, he hasn't been an American horror story. I'm surprised about that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, definitely, he'd be a good choice. I think. So, have you thought? So, have you thought to to how like what choices this writer makes at the end, like or 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 how he resolves the story? No, I just, just leave that to finish the floor. Off. <laughs> i tell you what i'd love to do i'd love to post that series of um their things on our social media just as like as if it's a movie poster you know just the series of choices he's given can you just give us give us a rundown of them one more time what what is he oh what right, the conditions he... yeah, yeah yeah the conditions conditions yeah right the rules and conditions so basically one one he can save a neighbor of one apartment you can figure out which of the other pony has to go to get that person out if he does this by telling them the truth, he must ensure they do not tell the truth to anyone else mm-hmm. or the target tenant dies. So if he so goes, the, if so he goes, the, yeah, he's, he's got to go there and go, I've been listening in on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and now some freak is listening in on me and he's going to kill you. No, he's going to kill someone else. Going, he's going to kill, kill someone else if we don't yeah, go. Yeah. So he's right. because he doesn't want to reveal himself to. The writer, sure, or that, or it'll be you know too easy. Mm-hmm. So basically, yeah. he's going to kill someone else if he doesn't get this person yeah. in the current apartment out, and he's got to figure out which apartment right. he's got to go to as well. So, and he's climbing those yeah. stairs as well, fifteen floors. Mm-hmm. So, right. so there's that. Um, he cannot tell that person who has told the truth why they must not tell anyone else. So he cannot. He has to get them out. He's got to tell them the truth to get them out. So he can't say why he's trying to get. And he can't yeah, say right. why he can't tell the truth to anyone else. Oh, so he can't tell them that someone else is going to die. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So does so he, he make? Um, was this clear? Does he make before you go on? Does he? Is he only allowed to choose one of those things on the list? No, or, no, or on the he, conditions. He, no, no, he can he do each those, one of those he things. To, he has to right. follow all those rules and conditions. But right, right. If he in the process of trying to get them out, he can tell them the truth and get, try to get them out, or make up a completely, you know, story mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. get them out. And and but he can't ever tell that someone else's life's on the line. Yeah, mm-hmm. and at the same time he cannot. Um, where if he doesn't, do, if he decides not to tell the truth and make a story to get one, he can't use that same story for another 
first. So you can't say there's a fire everyone out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Sure. So, because um, that'd be my first thing: hit the fire alarm. <laughs> exactly. That's too easy. Out. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then he must get it. Okay. Uh, he has thirty minutes to figure out which apartment. Yeah. So he's got a thirty-minute time slot. Right. To, okay. At, at the beginning, he has a thirty-minute time slot to figure out which apartment he has to go to, get them out, and then get back to the apartment to find mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. Uh, figure out which next apartment he has to go to, and and of course, if he doesn't get back in time, that means he doesn't know what other apartment he has to go to, save another person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every time someone is saved or dies, um. Whether they're saved or die, the, the time is reduced by one minute. So next time, might be twenty nine minutes, yeah, twenty nine, and then twenty eight. So, which is why the structure of the building is important. Now it sort of falls yeah. into place, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah. And um, and obviously the last few has to start jumping from his window to yeah. climb climb down the. Mm. Yeah, I see. I see. And then, uh, oh yeah, so and he cannot use the elevators. He can only use the stairs. So mm-hmm. and uh, so, uh, you could either you could, if he goes to the elevator, someone dies, or it could be the elevator that's been put out of action. You know, don't wanna, yeah. Yes. Um, and you cannot ask for any other chance for help, or ask anyone else for help. So, and he cannot use his mobile phone. So. Oh, sure. I wonder if there's a scene where he climbs down the elevator shaft, but then he's like, "I didn't technically use the elevator." Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. He like and, plays him at his own and, game uh, on the conditions. Surely, each yeah. those game, each one of those rules has to at some point be broken, either deliberately or inadvertently. Yeah. So that one of the one of the attendants can die because without without one of them dying, there's no. Not, do you know what I mean? Like it yeah. feels like one of the tenants runs out, and they're going, but they get in the elevator, and then the elevator sort of crashes to the ground. You need to see the stakes with one of the people. You need to see yeah, some, someone's on. least. Or it could be that die. if he does go in the elevator, then the other the target tenant dies. Mm-hmm. And so he would say, no, don't go in the elevator. And it's too mm-hmm. late. So why, what mm-hmm. happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he can't tell him what happened. No, no one just yeah, goes to get out. As well, you can use the phone, but doesn't mean you can't use the landline. Yeah, there is a, right. There is a landline. Yeah. If there is a landline. Yeah, yeah, sure. Some of their numbers down. Yeah, because you might have. Yeah, because yeah, he would be bugging and listening in and maybe making a log. Mm-hmm. Like it's there's almost the element of like the conversation or the lives of others. You know, this sort of like sp- mm-hmm. spy vibe for a little bit as well. Um, no, so so I was um, listening to uh, Mark Camo's review of uh, the Lost Daughter. I think that's what it's called, which is a, a recent Netflix film uh, it's maggie gyllenhaal's first directorial debut and it's got olivia coleman in it and it's one of these films yeah. where uh i haven't seen it yet it's on my list but it's it's, it's on netflix i think yeah it's on netflix and you're not you're not sort of a hundred percent whether characters are separate whether they're the same whether they're what timelines are going on it's one of these films that doesn't lay out exactly what it's doing um and it reminded me of things like Francois Ozon's Swimming Pool, which is a film where uh, I don't want to reveal too much about it, but essentially at the end you're given very unusual ideas as to whether what you've seen was true or whether it was part of a fiction that the character was writing like, or creating. Life of Pi. <laughs> the Life of Pi. The old Life of Pi. So <laughs> if you wanted to, you could even sort of, if you wanted to, because it's one of these things that like set another writer would come on and do a draft of it, you know, mm. and you find out that this sort of thing is actually his novel, you know, so like, or something, <laughs> you know, like, like a, you, you think people are dying, you think these horrible things are happening, this person has to run around and do all this stuff, but at the end of it, there's 
you know, you see all the people that have died and they're still alive. And there's just a moment where he leaves the motel with his manuscript and everybody that he's witnessed is still there. You know, there's just, the, there's something that maybe gives it, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. I was thinking maybe like, oh, like you, you could get to like a blackout moment and then it's him at a book signing. And then the last, like someone asked him a question. They're like, where'd you get the inspiration for this story? And then it comes out. Do you know what I mean? So and like, there's Doug Jones' character in the background. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. So, but I, I don't know. There's, there's, there's always there's, there are always places you go with with writers block movies. That's why you know, like Secret Window and other sorts of things. Like mm. I often think about like and Alan Wake as well. Like as a yeah. Game. So like, does the writer put themselves into their novel and, and things like that to, to sort of allay their writer's block? So I don't I don't know if you've thought of, of whether the ending should be. Uh, like a sort of uh, horror thriller ending, or whether it should be like a sort of writing sort of creative twist ending. I don't know. Is that is that your I didn't sort of really, thing? I didn't really think about the ending, but I did think of one thing where mm. at some point in time the writer will go, fuck this, fuck it. And he's going to go and face it, and he's just going to break. And like Dan said, the rule has to broken. He's broken, just break the rules and fuck the consequences. And he's just going to take this guy out, that kind of thing. You know? I see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's one of those. Yeah. 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 So it's yeah, like he, start, he plays his game for a little <laughs> while, and then he goes, "Fuck this! I'm going to break the cycle," sort of thing. Mm. So it's the, we're seeing yeah, the breaking I, I, of the I cycle. Can, I, yeah. I mean, if I, if if it was me, uh, uh-huh. at some point, if if there's because this writer's on his own, he's, he doesn't really have any like real emotional family or blood mm-hmm. connections or friend connection with his neighbors, and so like, there will be a point in time where he goes, "Look, you know, I've done something bad." But I don't want these people to die. I want these people to, you know, have a nice life. But there's going to be a point in time where I don't know what. It's gone up too long. So what be it, what be it. And I can see myself kind of doing that. Though I'll probably push the envelope as far as possible <laughs> to mm-hmm. try and save everyone. But, you know, the best of my ability. But I think there's going to be a point in time where, you know, he's got to shake it up and put him out of sorts. Still mm-hmm. putting him out of every single time. I, mean, I can see that happening. I think it's just no human nature where they're going to, you know what? Let's let, let's go for a water attack. Let's put him off and let's let's put him on the back foot. See what happens. So thanks for that, Taj. Um, I'm cognizant that you've got some other ideas that came to mind when you got the title 30 mics. Uh, I think just to be uh, fair on Dan, we'll go through those after he's done his as the Duke. Yeah, sure. um, just before that happens, uh, I think it's worth uh, us throwing our socials out. So Ryan, where can people uh, get a hold of us? Uh, what you can, can they... find us everywhere at slash dupe. Uh, if you go slash like the forward said... slash dupe like the trick that you can play on someone Rebel yeah figured that one slash out. like the guitarist from guns and roses dupe like duplicate mm-hmm. um put those put those two together dupe like duplo that you give to dupe your children like the first half of duplicate yeah we'll figure it out like, we'll figure it out maybe not on air you can find yes. us doesn't quite roll off the tongue just yet <laughs> but we're getting there because um, as people eagle-eyed listeners will, th- will thing know, is, eagle-eared is... listeners will know my fiance called it slap dude she's my yes. fiance she knows what slap i do dude. Hmm. She called it Slap Dude. Um, to be fair, Slap Dude is a really yeah. cool name for a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's saying. a bit better, isn't it? <laughs> so you can find us everywhere at Slash Dude. We've beaten Google's SEO. We're the only thing that comes up, which is fantastic. We've beaten Google, and... I think it's fair to say, yeah. haven't we? In yeah. possibly, you know, every way. 
This uh, is us being taken down by Google. <laughs> Look, and if you go stop. to if you go to uh, Meta now, you can oh, find God. all of uh, all of Taj's mm-hmm. posts that he puts up there. Uh, all of the film ideas um, from previous episodes that he has created his own for. If you want to join him, you can post them uh, on our Facebook or our Instagram or our Twitter. And Dan, what happens at the end of this episode, I will be selecting a winner out of the three ideas. Mm. Episode 22, Sean. Wow. So we're very, we've been nearly approaching very the close. Obviously, the amount of specials we'll be doing will be going up and up and up as we try to inevitably put off <laughs> getting to season episode 22. <laughs> yeah. uh, because if you haven't been listening and if you haven't, why not? Uh, every six episodes, we take the winners of those six episodes and we put them before a judge mm-hmm. and uh, that judge will choose an overall winner of that quarter mm-hmm. and we'll do 24 episodes in total which will leave us with four winners mm-hmm. at the end of the season of which we'll add two more um wild cards one of which the listeners vote for mm-hmm. we think yes. and one and maybe will one, be of our favorites one of our favorites our favorite through the net yeah yeah um and then that will go before a grand high judge. We don't know who that is yet. Um, and they will choose a winner that we will <laughs> we will make into a trailer. Yep. Yes. For a film. Yep. Which we're yeah. dreading. The, the, we we just yeah. threw it out there, thinking, well, most podcasts uh, statistically don't make it past episode three. Um, so let's yeah. aim big. Uh, and now we're about to finish our first season, episode twenty-two in twenty twenty-two. It feels like a sign. Doesn't it? Well, we've yes, we've been doing this podcast now for two years. That's well, too long, isn't it? That's that's wild. That's why to only have season one at the end of two years, we need to. <laughs> no, that's I mean, like that, that's all right. Didn't it take like you know whatever that uh, critical role like three years to do season one or whatever? It's got like four thousand episodes or something dumb like that. <laughs> so we've got time. Well. well Let's uh, let's hope that we. I mean, I was I was going to say that God, like you know, God did the world in however many days. I should I should have that in my head, and I don't. Mm. We didn't do it in seven days, did he? Though, because he rested well, the last one. We did it in six and had the seventh day off. Yeah, but that's only if it's Christian God, of course. Yes, in Islam, yeah. it's seven eons. Oh Sorry, shit! God. So we've so got quite a long way. <laughs> we've got quite a long way to go before we, you know, like so reach that's that. Why, that's why. Yeah, if you're a scientist, yeah, it happened like that. He had creation. Ooh. He had creation block and had to go move into a flat for an eon, <laughs> yeah. and then came back to it. Spy on some other gods doing their thing. Okay, so whether it's seven days or seven eons, we we will we will keep giving you slash dupe until we die. All of us die as well because I'm happy for any of you guys to die. We'll just replace you with somebody else. Yeah, um, we'll do a memorial episode. Yeah, um, of, course of course we will about films Memorial. including. I get first slot. I get the first. Of course you do, Taj. Yeah, <laughs> of course. To be fair, we've we've got enough. We've got enough um, footage of all of us that we could probably do a deep fake. <laughs> we could, yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah. In fact, I'm just AI. I haven't been here for the last six episodes. You listen to us while we talk and come up with the idea as we go, like an algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of um, Dan, I would love to hear your idea for uh, your so slash dupe duping of thirty du- mics. Well, I've gone with the title this time, mm-hmm. which is rare for me and rare for everyone. Um, I assumed that it was spelt. Mike is in the name Mike. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yes. Or was it, yeah. Yeah. So I um, recently have been watching Ant Man with my little one, mm-hmm. and um, Paul Rudd 
um, reminds me very much of my friend Mike. So Paul Rudd stars in 30 Mikes, mm -hmm. which is a rom-com, uh, Paul Rudd and Sandra Bullock. Mm -hmm. And it's about a speed date where Sandra Bullock has to relive or go through 30 dates with Mike. Oh, with that's good, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's a repeated date. So it's a bit like Groundhog Day. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. But the twist is they she knows that they get married. I don't know whether this is in like some kind of coma. We might be at the end she finds she's in a coma, but she relives this first date, but she she has to get him to fall in love with her so that they can get married, so that she can continue with her life. But it never goes according to plan, obviously. Mm -hmm. So it's um and then halfway through, I think he gets it as well, somehow. Right. So he tries, and then he tries too hard, and then they don't get on. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's this, there's this. So basically, it's Paul Rudd and Sandra Bullock being awesome in a rom com, uh, in the idea, and it will last. Each speed date will last thirty minutes. See what I did there? Mm -hmm. Smash the thirty mics in, um, and it will probably be directed by. Is it Nancy Myers who did all the rom coms, mm -hmm. like? Yeah, um, she'll write it and direct it. Mm -hmm. um, but we so it's not good, had... is what you're saying? No, it's not. It's, it's, <laughs> we haven't had like a, a mediocre film. Every film we've, we've pitched so far, like for the last, I think, up eight or ten episodes, has been like, "Yeah, this is the blockbuster that kills it all. <laughs> yeah. This is really what... this is a nice middle of the road yeah. rom com that I haven't been to see in a long time. I miss it. You know, something that we can have on." Mm -hmm. And enjoy enough that we don't look at our phones, but not so much mm -hmm. that we're like, oh, this is the best thing and we're crying. Yes. You know I mean? like yeah, cool. yeah, I'm depressed it's, it's now. A nice, it's a nice got, little move. Hang on, Dan, haven't you seen Deadpool? <laughs> I, I have seen Deadpool. So it's, that's a rom-com. This is the idea. Yeah, it's a rom-com. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. right. I lo and I love Deadpool. Maybe maybe Ryan Reynolds will do a little uh, cameo in it at some point. Yeah, he'll play the bartender the other or, or the concierge yeah, or the leader. And of it will the, allow the, him to flog aviation gin, will it? Allow him to oh flog aviation gin. That red notice was just... Gin. Both of them, by the way, didn't they flog him in that same movie? They both flogged their gin yeah. in the, in the same brilliant. movie. It's yeah, just ludicrous. I think it was The Rock and Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, um, excellent. So I don't yeah. know why. So maybe you, you lot can help me. Mm -hmm. Why they have to relive, why they have to have these 30 dates. Uh, but it feels like it's not the 30 dates. Or maybe it is. I don't know. Is it a, the same date relived? <clears throat> or is it 30 dates over a period, chronologically? Sean and I have a running joke of what we've described as Shamalama Way, right? Yes. Which is... Where M. Night Shyamalan comes up with a stupid idea, and before anyone in the room has been able to go contradict him or say, "Hold, hold on, on a minute, minute that doesn't mate. make sense," he goes Shyamalan away with his jetpack and flies out the room, and, and no one <laughs> can. What if it was actually set in the present day? Shyamalan away, away. And like, <laughs> and no one. Do you know what I mean? And like no one <laughs> can can you know? And he like jets off and leaves a bag of money for them, and they're like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> so. My my ridiculous Shamalam away idea of this is um, is that they're trying to find out they're trying to collect their brain chemistry to find out what is what makes the ultimate perfect date for two people um, secretly somehow oh, like it's in a facility okay. right 
That's the Shyamalan way. So there's the dark ending. Yeah, it zooms out and, just, <laughs> just, and there's just loads of rooms. Some... Yeah, loads of rooms where different dates are taking place, and it's like, yeah, that's the real dark. That's the real dark ending to it. Um, wow. If if I'm... I was thinking, really, <laughs> right away, what I, want, I wanted to or training an algorithm. Picture... Could it be training an Tra- algorithm? Training algorithm. Yeah, Although that's the, Black Mirror, the, isn't it? For date or something. Like, yeah, did they do I that see. in the Black Mirror one where they're in the, the sheds the one and they the, go out uh, the hang the DJ? They did hang the DJ, which is like the where they see how long they're together for, and then that's it. Yeah, like relationship. I mean, yeah, that is interesting, and and I do like those aspects. But there's something. It's a rom com, like you said. It's a dumb yeah. Nancy Myers rom com. So at the end, you I do have to feel that you know that feel happy. I want. Thing. I, I wanted to pitch a film. That actually I could sit down with my wife and watch yeah. now. Because at the moment, just because of the way the world is and because of the way that telly is actually and films, there's there's not as many things that don't aren't slightly anxiety ju- inducing mm. or like have a high stakes in you know what I mean? Like there's a lot and, and the other opposite is TV sort of banality mm-hmm. with as we were saying, like a celebrity coach trip or stuff yeah. like that where sort of brainy where it's not we've been we've been enjoying yeah. watching Shits Creek because it's it's lovely do yeah. you know what I mean like it, yeah. there's no mm. oh my god what's gonna even even like Frasier has like a level of the, with the farce where there's got to be high stakes or something going wrong yeah. which is humorous but with Shits Creek it's just like mm. uh, it's just it's it's nice I it's found clever. that I have to watch like war films that I love because I they're anti-war films and I love them for the because the violence contrasts against the peace and there's you know there's I don't watch them because they're masculine in any way because they're not really they're quite emasculating in many ways um but I can't watch them with my fiance because the loud bullet noises make her scared right so it's like <laughs> that I do have to compromise with like when I you know indulge in things that produce anxieties in people right yeah so I, to- I totally get well, it's, that it's, I mean it's yeah. totally natural isn't it to have if the sound of bullets should make you feel afraid sure yeah. that's the whole point you know that's that's our body sure working that's what a good movie does well. is it triggers like it gets mm-hmm. you to feel those feelings and then you come out of the movie yeah. it, I, in, in a way it sort of greases the wheels for your emotions to sort of so that when you see the get, get out of the know, movie the, theater you pick up your rifle and you go back into the apocalypse <laughs> yeah and <laughs> and that moment you were like movies well, are the worst thing in the world i'm so Dark i'm so glad that everyone. didn't happen where you've got to kill giant rad roaches on your way home um <laughs> But yes, but there yeah, is something do, to be like, said for those like... middle-of-the-road films that you can just stick yeah. on at the end of a tough day that doesn't have yeah. to challenge you in any meaningful way and at the same time doesn't have to rot your brain by being completely Yeah, sort of and doesn't condescend you. Yeah. So mm. there is some content. And that's why I think like with Paul Rudd and Sandra Bullock, you've yeah. got two heavyweight actors there who can who can play that without it feeling hokey. Could it be, you know I mean? could it be that they humor. are... Um, what what's the so are they matched because like they're just dating or are they matched because no, so I, I don't know I I don't know whether it's we just see them through it, the, the thing is it's thirty mics or is so it, it or is like... it is it something they sign up to like like a Tinder th- thing they're looking and they're like oh this new date like I signed up for a dating app the other day that matches music tastes because I thought hey maybe I'll find someone I can go to gigs with by the way Ryan's still single um, and. That I'm was everything. <laughs> I'm everything. Um, People want you out, when it might not. You might not. Yeah. That's true. That's true. At time of recording, and then but then at time of, at time of recording, Ryan is single. Also, people but the want thing you is like maybe partner, so just fake it, man. Fake it till you make it. Just go. Oh yeah, I'm in love now, and like everything's grand. So come at me, single girls. I'll rebuff you. <laughs> Like no one's business. I mean, there's Sean with his 1960s ideals. Kind of yeah. I was gonna say. I was going to say, because um, Dan, you said that you, she knows that 
they're going to get married at the end. But well, that was my reason for having it, but I just don't. I know. was thinking that uh, maybe that he has some kind of early onset dementia, and that thirty days mm. uh, was basically constant reminding of who she is, and then by the end of that, it's it's one of those memories that few memories he won't forget. Ah, that's really interesting. Oh, gosh, yeah. that's really lovely. That's really lovely, so, isn't it? There is something in so, that, because that's the sort of thing that we both... I mean, you'd have to worry about whether that does trigger anything, but the thing is, it is an anxiety yeah. we all have, but at the same time, yeah. we all want to think if that happens to us, we want to be loved through our dementia, right? I think that's part of it as well. So maybe yeah, he, she is repeating the dates for Paul Rudd, and it's the same date in a sort of Groundhog Day style way. And she's saying the sorts of things that feel a bit unusual for a date. And what you find out is at the end is that they're an old couple and she's just repeat. He, all he can remember is that he thinks he's having a date with her. That's all he remembers. And so out of mm. love for her, every day she repeats the date for him. You know, like... Yeah, that's great. And the, and the end, we see it through her eyes where she's older. Yeah. Where they're actually older. Maybe because when, uh, you know... It, with dementia, you sometimes you, you a lot of your memories are mm -hmm. shifted from different time periods, aren't they? Into so maybe he sees her in a different way. That's uh, Tars, mm. That's really beautiful. Mm. I mean that that ticks it up a notch, doesn't it? To sort of non like the ending is going to hurt a little bit. Yeah, but it, yeah. with love, it's going to hurt. With we love. have experienced. Yeah. yeah, we're going to have experienced an hour. Just below ninety minutes. Um but that feels really nice because then you can have thirty dates where or thirty mics where it's all and then things aren't quite right. And that's mm -hmm. nice. Because it's the memory you shifting. Finally see that at the end. You know, so you mm -hmm. think, is it a little bit like source code or something where like the things are shifting because you're inside a mind or is it like deja vu where it's shifting because you're sort of going through time and light is going backwards and forwards through time. But actually it's the shifting of memory and it's the things bleeding over yeah. and it's, so it's their first meeting yeah, being mixed to... with their big date, being mixed with one of their yeah, later maybe dates. It just, we start with... off with feeling like a, like it's just an, a date. He take, she take an anniversary. Maybe it's an anniversary they're going out for. Mm. Where it's a date, and then you get, we get thirty different mics as this as this the um, thing goes on. Yeah, which means each each scene would be about three minutes long. Yeah, she's lovely. You're not sure. Is it in the future? Is it in the it's... past? Is it like what's going on? Yeah. Okay. It'd be, it'd be really nicely shot as well because you could have um, each scene could actually play out sort of real time. Not not real mm -hmm. time. But you have two minutes each. Each date would be two minutes, and we'd see it. And then we'd see it again, but slightly different. We see it again, but slightly different. Maybe we could elongate one of them, yeah, and one of them shorter because he gets tired and doesn't want to. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, right. Is there going to be an equally as good dance scene with Paul Rudd, twenty twenty one sexiest man, um, and Sandra Bullock? <laughs> I mean, I can't, I, I can't um, argue with that. Though. He's a sexy yeah, man. Yeah, but is it's there going to be a dance? Is there going to be a dance and thing? a dance floor? Because yeah. he, you know he did that amazing yeah. dance in Living With Yourself with uh, Ashling B, which I thought was like a really lovely moment, wasn't it? And that's... God, uh, do you know what? I don't remember that, but I'm, I'm, I don't doubt for a second that he can do basically anything, Paul Rudd. So... Yeah. Oh, that man is just <laughs> amazing. Just I, want, I want to grow up to be him. <laughs> yeah. We've well, only got another year to wait, haven't you? Thanks, mate. <laughs> Cheers. Till he's 50. You know... <laughs> He's, he's in, Enough he's said. In his 50s, Paul Rudd's in his 50s. <laughs> wow. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Harsh. But also, good on you, Paul Rudd. Um, yeah. yeah <laughs> so, and also, I guess then, if we're going down the dementia route, then obviously this would 
I think it would probably, I, I think they would take it in this day and age, they would probably take that quite seriously. So they'd have like yeah. uh, dementia consultants and stuff. And so there'd be a lot of things that happen within it that would be maybe, you know, not quite educational about it, but would be, mm-hmm. w- wouldn't be someone playing around with the idea yeah, yeah. of dementia. Of do you course. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we've all had to deal with, I think because of the nature of it, I think all of us have or will have to have, you know, have to deal with dementia in our families in some way, just by the nature of it. And I think that um, we learn more about it every day and we learn by watching watching how other people react and people have different relationships with people. So partners have different relationships than siblings, have different relationships with children. And dementia is such a sort of, I guess it's fairly universal, isn't it? Especially even the idea of dementia is something that we can understand even if we don't have it because we sort of go... Mm-hmm. I know what it's like to to have forgotten something for a moment. Imagine if that's a lifetime sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it'd be hard-pressed not to treat it with respect, I think. You know, there'd be mm-hmm. nobody there taking it, it lightheartedly. And, yeah, you're right. Education isn't the right word, mm-hmm. but you're right. There's something in there that maybe you yeah. see the struggle as well of what it's like to be a partner to support that person, but then the willingness to push through. And their love of those dates, in those dates, is what keeps Sandra Bullock's character going forward with the with the idea you know yeah. so she's almost going backwards as well to keep her uh sort yeah. of drive or, or or sanity or something do you know what i mean something like that i would mm-hmm. find it interesting if the people that they interact with them like the waiter is actually the consultant is actually the maybe the dementia mm-hmm. consultant um and i got a friend who works at a care home and she was saying that they had to change their badge colors to make it like a, a to yellow i think because it's a friendlier color mm. to people that have dementia and so maybe mm. not not like in a weird Just not in like in a psychological cues. horror sure. way but like they like mm. the one time the way well, it comes up and they're wearing they're a different tie with. Uh, different mm-hmm. coloured well, tie. Well, they all have that. speed dating badges on don't they and stuff like that yeah. oh yeah some... speed dating isn't it? yeah yeah so the badge color might change and then he uses, and then that's something that it changes slightly because well, maybe it means all, it triggers yeah, all a the people memory. on the speed dating are not necessarily staff. He's not maybe in a dementia home. Maybe he's in his home being looked after by his wife. But maybe they're all people. So at one point he's like, I think I know. I think I think I know those people over there and those people over there. What's going on? Is there something? Mm. And they're all people from his past. When you have that moment where you're like, Have I met you before? Like when yeah. you think you've met someone before, and that mm. seems like quite an innocuous thing at the beginning. And so two of them to, over by the table over it. there are his kids. Right. And two of them are, you know, and a few people are his neighbors and a few people. So he's just taking the people he knows and populating this place with them yeah. as the memory yeah. sort of shifts. Something like that. Yeah. And a tagline would be 30 mics, a date you'll never forget. Yes. I think I think that's pretty good. I mean, I, I, we could go on. I could ask you some questions, but that feels quite nice, compact. If you're okay that's with great. with leaving it, smug there. face. Absolutely. Give us a smug face. A date you'll never forget. <laughs> <laughs> Is that really what I look like? Boom! What a fucking champion! Boom! Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was great. Um, shall I just sort of roll through with some of the long, end how long matter? We got- yeah, yeah, I haven't been long. I haven't got the ten minute warning, so we can. Yeah, we can go to the end now. I reckon. Okay. Uh, so I'll just do like a. So thanks for that, Dan. Um, again, showing the the sort of how much work it is to be the dupe, but also uh, how much scope there is to sort of for an idea to be fleshed out together, which is what we love at uh, here at Slash Dupe as well. Um, 
speaking of fleshing out, Taj, you had for 30 mics today slash your title, you had several other ideas, you said. Now, yeah, I, I, I find it hard-pressed to find one that sort of eclipses what you've already given to us. But but where, where were you coming from with some of the other ideas or what, Dan? Uh, I'll, start, uh, I'll start with this. Right. <laughs> yeah, Taj's like, oh, and there's buildings and then there's a butt plug. I'm pretty sure there's no... Well, I'll start off with the smaller ones. The first idea that came up to it was it's a film about a female bigamist who has a thing for guys named Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's married. She's married to thirty mics, and um... <laughs> seeing a pattern here, just a polycule, a polycule of thirty mics. That'd, yeah, be so... quite, that'd be quite a good film. Well, uh, the thing is, I, it, I was actually came up with a huge detail of it, and then I was like, hang on, this is, doesn't make this doesn't work. Sounds like a dream. Work. I mean, it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. It just doesn't work. Um, basically, uh, I'll, gist of it is where. She's on the phone to one of the mics, and then all of a sudden she cuts out, and it sounds like she's been like kidnapped and all that. And when he calls the police, oh, we can't really do anything until after 25 hours, blah, 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 blah. And so he tracks his phone, and where he thinks she is, she's not there, she's somewhere else. And she goes there, and well, he goes there, and he finds the other mic there, and then. Oh, oh, they don't know. They don't, they don't know. And she only dates people called out. Mike so that she doesn't have to remember the names. Yeah, so basically, so basically, oh, all that the is good. Mi- yeah, they yeah. track all, they all, tr- they, they all, track all the mice. mice, track all the mice to find out where she is. Obviously, I thought just, you know, basically pull her up to a sword and say, what the hell are you doing? Uh-huh. But, but then we find out that, you know, after all that, um, she's actually doing this to find the person that killed her little brother, who's named oh. Mike. <laughs> I don't, the twist, Dark the twist. twist is like we couldn't just. I was like, oh, then they all go on like a bro Bas- holiday. So, you know yeah, I mean? like, so that's enough. No. Yeah. So basically, the the, the person that killed that little brother, little kids, his name was Mike. He was uh-huh. for children and had this skull on his bald head. But mm-hmm. obviously, so while she's going out and doing research to find so who the possible Mike could be, she stays with him only because she, at some point in time she's going to find out shave the head and find out that scar and then she knows that's the mic (laughs) (laughs) that's great Uh, i told you honey to call me michael and um i I think you're more of a mic dear you know like just uh, hear me out hear me out i've got this kink i just like to shave people's heads (laughs) and the mic that did kill the brother is actually one of the mics and he knows who she actually is and plays along and Manipulates all the other mic mm. and manipulates that to find other mics. So that's where the number is grown. And this oh, is the idea you had the least, the least like... amount of. This is the idea you had the least amount of information on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah so yeah, so that's that. I was like, nah. So, um, then I came to you know, like you said, um, uh, Mike, uh, the military term. Yes, thirty mics. Mm-hmm. So basically. It's about this uh, unit, army unit, whatever, marine unit that has on a special mission has to deliver this secret package, and and they get ambushed, and throughout all the melee and everything, in the middle of that they call up backup, but the guy who's actually got the uh, package is uh, heavily wounded and everything, and he comes about still badly in a bad shape, but there's this guy there who supposedly one of the backups, saying. Uh, yeah, we got we got heavy, uh, you know, maimed as well. We called for more backup. There, thirty mics away, mm-hmm. and he keep and he said, "Here, drink some water." It's actually drugged, mm-hmm. make him more compliant to fight the base because it's hit the package. 
mm-hmm. and said, find out where this package is and everything. And every time he goes out, out conscious and out, he's, yeah, uh, come on, come back to me because uh, how long are the backups away? So, oh, the th- you, you've only been out for a few seconds. Ah, uh, he's months. 30 minutes away. Yeah, that's so good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So he's sort of lying to him every time. That, he, yeah. In the middle of that, he actually kind of figures out, actually, these guys are not who they say they are. And what they don't know, he's actually got a radio himself. And uh, and he does, he pretends to drink the water, but doesn't. And while he's getting his like consciousness back, he slowly hides away, radios the actual backup, and they say they're 30 marks away. And it's kind of trying to yeah. play the game, you know, trying to, you know. Reminds me of like the ending of Buried. Have you seen Buried where it's sort of, that I won't reveal the ending, but it's such a good ending. It's like one of those things where like finally, like your guy gets to the, thing and he's like help me help me i realize like i'm being fucked over and they're like yeah of course we'll help you 30 mi- in 30 mics and he's and he like will he last that long now now he's been sort of yeah i like that yeah so i like, so like it's interesting it's like a con man film set in in a in a war yeah like in a yeah. war zone like a very like, serious uh, three it reminds kings. me of the like the bit that bit in matchstick men um which is brilliant yeah thanks for that Taj. as i said i um I think that you picked the right idea. I know you have a a second favorite idea that that you really liked, and we're gonna ask you if if you have the time to put that on our Facebook, and people can yeah, sure. log onto our social media and see your sort of. I, I hesitate hesitate to say backup because your ideas are all pretty high quality. So your second best idea for thirty mics. Actually, I'll actually be honest. The, the, my second one I liked most was the military one I mentioned. But I just do know I have to write that. But yeah. Do you know what? So, there was there is something in that that I really liked as well. Yeah. But but again, exactly like you said, there's there's almost um, uh, a sort of a larger remit. It's a huge scope, and sometimes it takes time. I find that sometimes it takes years to suddenly a spark will hit you, and you go, "That's how I make that idea excellent," rather than just good. You know, it's a good mm. idea, but like sometimes it'll take years of ruminating and it just sitting in the back of your mind, which is horrible mm. as a writer because that's, you know, you're not getting paid for <laughs> it. It's just sitting there. Mm. Um, but sometimes it takes a spark to, to bring it together. So, yeah, maybe you'll have that spark, you know, who knows? And you'll, you know, you'll yeah. find something that makes that uh, sort of galvanizes that idea. So, but that said, uh, we had three tremendous and unique ideas uh, for 30 mics. Uh, Ryan first, uh, we had the... Uh, reality TV show A slash Dupe first. Um, our first uh, episode of 2022 as well. Uh, in all, well, first official uh, non, uh, you know, mainline yeah. episode. Uh, an all military cast of judges or people who had, who had served uh, in some capacity. Uh, it was uh, a reality TV contest, a singing contest of open to military personnel, veterans, and families of veterans where 30 of them go against each other to uh, eventually win uh, the coveted spot singing the national anthem at the White House uh, on Memorial Day for the president. Uh, We had Taj with a psychological thriller horror with sort of vertigo rear window flavor to it. Um, A writer with writer's block uses 30 microphones to spy on his neighbors and funnel their lives into his stories until he is offered a sick and twisted series of choices uh, by a mysterious uh, third party. And then we had Dan duping his slash dupe for 30 mics, a uh, sort of 
I was about to say middle of the road, but that's sort of that's sort of disparaging. I, I, more of a sort of um, uh, uh, comfortable. A com- yeah, I was just about to say comfortable. A comfortable, comforting mm. rom com with Paul Rudd and Sandra Bullock in a speed dating type Groundhog Day scenario. Uh, where you know that there is a happy ending, but you're not quite sure how they're going to get to it and why that they go why they're going through this. And it surfaces that actually it's a real push of love that is forming this uh, loop. And uh, it deals with some heavy themes, but uh, in a way that shows you the warmth and the love and the dedication and devotion that is sometimes accompanies those difficult um, spots in life. So three completely different ideas. Very, very, I think more than ever, I think this feels like we've had three <laughs> sort of completely, uh, completely opposed ideas. Ryan looks like he wants to say something. Look, I understand losers. I've broken out of the cycle. I'm being innovative. I'm new. Uh, and exciting. So um, if that doesn't get me the award, I don't know what else does. Well, I've, de- <laughs> I've decided to go down the... Um, uh, because beforehand, if anyone watches listen, uh, listens to the first episodes, they know that I actually do it in the order of... And then the last person always wins. And so I realised that that's a bit of a giveaway. So for the last few episodes, I've tried to just go... Th- I've given my feedback, uh, or my thoughts and opinions at least, uh, in the order that, that, the, that the pitches came to me. So I'll do that this time. Um, Ryan, it's, what's funny about your idea is that it's not... Can, so not, good. Well, not only can I see it perfectly, but it's exactly the sort of thing that would make a ton of money. There's no way it could fail. And all no, that money would go to great military charities. Well, a dedicated portion of it would to appear <laughs> as if it's a positive show and then the rest of it would go into Endemol or whoever and they'd profit a ridiculous amount off of it and then all the record contracts and all the other things. It's it's absolutely uh, a perfect idea for American reality TV. Uh, it's just absolutely perfect. Um, it, it's a goer. It's ready-made. Um, it's It tugs on the heartstrings. It's got all that cynical bollocks that all of the shows that, that, that it's like have. Oh, so I'm just loving this. I'm loving this. I can't wait to win my award. Uh, Taj. That one's going um, straight to the finals. For an idea that was just one of multiple ideas, it had so much detail in it. And that's something that we we don't often see or we haven't seen for a little while. Um, because often we'll collaborate on an idea um, and we'll come up with the with the broad strokes but for you to have the detail of of the inhabitants of of the rooms what they're getting up to for you to have the two twists and i'm talking butt plug being the first twist and then (laughs) and then the second twist being um this sort of this game that he then has to play um that sort of sneaks up on you uh yeah it was it, it was really genuinely creative um has a real sort of Stephen King Hitchcock vibe. Um, I'm down with it, and and again, like a really nicely realised package with a little bit of an open ending, where we can sort of figure out together, which is the most fun I have on in these things. Like, well, what could happen? So I really enjoyed that one. Um, Dan, I've written here lots to go off of, and I don't really know what that means. What that means? <laughs> so I just thought I'd say that because this Thanks. is how it works sometimes. Um, well, I know where I am in the pecking order now. <laughs> because I made that note, but the thing is, I made so I made that note before we sort of touched on the dementia thing. So essentially, mm. there was lots to go off of with the initial idea. Um, it had a great 
as all good ideas do, they have a great kernel of an idea. Um, and then it felt really organic. It felt a little bit like our first episode, like uh, Bob Disposal. It felt like it sort of grew and, mm. it, and, it, and it had a powerful, important part in it. And Taj came up with some good ideas for it. Um, but it didn't feel forced or inauthentic, you know, um, in the ways that like Ryan's idea is intentionally inauthentic. Not your idea. <laughs> I mean, the premise, um, the show. Um, what you're about. This felt like the opposite. It feels like something that sort of comes out, you know, comes out naturally. Um, I also absolutely love decoding the rules of time travel or repeating loop films. I love them. They're like, they're like a proper subgenre. I absolutely love. Um, and they sit on that knife edge, don't they? Of like you're mm. guessing, and there are red herrings, and you're like, what? What is going on? I hope it's this. I hope it's not that. I hope it's better than this. And then when the reveal happens, it's either oh, I hate this movie, this is terrible. Or it's like, this is incredible and I feel better than I possibly thought I ever could have. So it really sits on that knife edge, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't go for that, right? That's that's when you get that feeling and you watch a movie like that and you you come out of it going, oh my God, I can't believe it was about that the whole time. And then you start, you talk to your partner about, oh, but did you remember that little cue there? And like, yeah, oh, I knew that was happening there and all this sort of stuff. So there's a real, they're really special films, I think. And they sit within a sort of strange... They're, they're like almost like a whodunit sort of film. They're like, but but a what's going on type film. So, so I absolutely love that. Um, and you know, I felt genuinely as someone, you know, and I know you guys have as well. I've sort of had family members with dementia. Like, it feels like, you know, there's something to be said there that's that's real. So I loved all those ideas, and I always say this, but it's tough. It's tough to pick a winner. Um, but Taj, you had me at butt plug. Um, <laughs> I think the, the thing that's, is that, that's definitely the quote for the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, like, it's when the twist comes in, it's it almost has like a sort of Twilight Zone by way of Taskmaster. You know, there's like suddenly this new world opens up that feels right for the world you've constructed. So it doesn't feel like it's just a twist. It it sort of blossoms. This is what I liked about it most. Things like his fitness, the rock climbing aspect, which, because in these movies, you just see it at the start and you think, oh, I guess it's just showing him as a physically adept person or something. But actually it comes into play later on. You know, the idea of the building size so that he has to travel throughout the whole thing. And it's like, he knows the layout of it because he's he's plotting out where the people are for his story so that then that comes into play with the blueprints of the apartments. So he knows where they all are. It's like, you really do build these things in, in a way that you don't expect but that they all pay off at the end. And I thought that was, I genuinely thought that was, that was quite powerful as, as an idea. You sort of go, oh, fuck, that's so good that those things all sort of link together. Um, and I, I like that it was a really, really detailed sort of two acts, like most movies are when they're written. Really, really good two acts. And then a third act that's like, I don't know, man, what do you think we should do? Well, shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah and then we sort of get to muck around in the in your playground and sort of play around in the sandbox and see what we can, what we can come up with. So, so, I, and that's also why I think it's probably the best of the ideas for me that you pitched to us. Although I do love the, the the military one, but I feel like this one has you know has the the, the full body, you know, it has everything. Um, I really like it, and I personally I hope it's one of the ones that goes forward because you know I, it'd be a cool trailer to make, right? When we come to if it comes to the final, you're be... just 
do you want to just buy a butt plug? Is that what <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, have to a make horse the, tail butt plug. A horse tail one shit, yeah. <laughs> horse, horse. I like the that's the detail. Serious accuracy. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's not just a squirrel I, tail or whatever. It's gotta be a horse tail. To be tail. fair, I um I'll probably make the poster for this episode and I know exactly what I'm gonna put all of our faces on. So thanks for that, Taj. Don't say not a butt plug. <laughs> I you just have to wait and see. <laughs> Well, you would have now. already seen it because it would have come out as this episode's come out. So, but now it all falls go, into place like Taj's what, idea for thirty mics. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then you can listen to the episode and go, oh, "I get it now." Uh, <laughs> yes, it all makes sense in the end, in the same way that yeah, that that, that thirty mics did as Taj is sort of the first act builds into the the final act. I like it. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I mean, I feel like that that went well. I enjoyed that. What did you guys think? Yeah, uh, it's the delivery of the twist yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no change in your face. So it's just going on, and he's writing his thing, and then they come out, and there's a butt plug, <laughs> and you're like, "Sorry, oh, and there's thirty mics, and then one of them's dead." You're like, "What?" what? <laughs> uh, there's this woman, and she's married to a guy called Mike, and twenty nine others. Well, I'm sorry, like, they're <laughs> brilliant. I love the twist because they've all they're been great. so well thought out, and so you know they've. Just got just it. Drop the bomb. Just drop the bomb because <laughs> it's already part of it. He knows it's intrinsically woven in, so doesn't have to build up the hype like I do. Well, and also, he's an older brother, I, so you know. <laughs> I just try to uh, not make it obvious. Yeah, that's all I'm trying. I'm trying to mm, see how, mm. because again, I mean, a lot of stories that I've been told these days are, you know, rehashing old stories. But yeah, well, you predict them on my yeah. yeah, so you got to try and mix up your way. Oh, okay, I didn't. You you know what's coming, but you don't. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, that's the right way to do. It, I think. Um, so you've you've you're a long uh, standing listener, uh, first time, uh, certainly not the last time guest. How how was your experience, Tash? How do you feel? Uh, actually seeing how the sausage is made. Uh, better than I thought. <laughs> I can't imagine um, what you expected it to be then, if this is the reality. You must have thought it was well, really shit. <laughs> because, well, no, 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 because, because it's not the first time I've done podcasts and previous podcasts, I was like, I kept on, well, kept on working it up. I kept on having to start again, start again, start again. And this mm-hmm. time, I was like, okay, just, just talk normally, see what happens. And yeah. And also, guys, well done. You're much more organized than plan things out much better than previous people I know. So, <laughs> so we've just, as we've discussed, we've just been doing it for two years. For two years, yeah, you so. know, two years we've we've honed this craft. But thank you. That's very yeah. kind of you, Taj. And we're really mm. grateful that you felt comfortable and could share your ideas with us yet again. So thank you so much. And thank you for joining us today, uh, Taj. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And thank you, Ryan and Dan, as always. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. A pleasure. And uh, did could you not yawn while you say that, Dan? Like it's like you <laughs> could we do that bit again. Do do that bit again? Literally, just say as pleasure, I and we'll cut you in over you saying pleasure with okay. a yawn. It's a pleasure. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> but no, it is, it is a pleasure to have all of you on. Uh, thank you so much, and thank you everybody listening. Uh, you make this possible. You give us a reason to keep doing this. Uh, so uh, thank you very much everybody and we'll see you uh, the next time episode 23 in 2022 <laughs>
no that's your normal face you had a no you can't you can't fabricate it man like it was just it was just there it was perfect <laughs> I didn't say anything. No, 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 no. I didn't say anything. None of us said anything. No. <laughs> us said Taj anything. is a consummate <laughs> professional, mate. You know, he's not. He's not going to let anything go. Is this my smug face? That's just my smiling face, mate. It is all that is. It's not called smugness. It's called older brother jealousy, right? Because all three of you just jumped on it. Yeah, it's older brother jealousy. Yeah, I saw your. I saw your face. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.